it's time for you all to wake up and shift your paradigm. This world is the kingdom of darkness and we are living in its last days. It won't be long before the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. The heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat and the earth and everything therein shall be burnt up. The Luciferian elite have been setting up the new world order and now they've established the globalist beast system for the rise of that wicked one and revealing of the man of sin who comes after the workings of Satan. Don't take my word for it. Read the Bible and you'll know that perilous times shall come in the last days. And we are in the last days. New World Order Billions of people on planet Earth are living in ignorance. Before your very eyes, politicians are advancing a global plan. Since the time of Napoleon, secret societies have been influencing politicians to take over and conquer Europe. Now, in the 21st century, their work of ages is coming to fruition. The New World Order is about the centralization of power. It's about silencing any public criticism of the system. It's about commercializing and selling everything as a product. It's about letting China torture students and still allowing them to host the Olympics. It's about closing down government-owned schools and hospitals, turning them into apartments, and then letting private companies make profits from teaching your children or selling you drugs. The secret societies and political organizations running the New World Order use various symbols and numbers. Let it begin. monasteries and places of worship are said to have been looted, desecrated and destroyed in what the Chinese call the peaceful liberation of Tibet. Within the last few years, the Chinese have dramatically increased political arrests and prison labor.
army is defeated. Our military objectives are met. I am pleased to announce that at midnight tonight, Eastern Standard Time, exactly 100 hours since ground operations commenced and six weeks since the start of Operation Desert Storm, all United States and coalition forces will suspend offensive combat operations.
The Americans did not interfere. Therefore, it took us only a few days to recover from the surprise, to reorganize our troops, reorganize our resources, and uh, impose peace and order on the southern governors. It took us two weeks to do that. What is at stake is more 
in one small country. It is a big idea, a new world order. And this is the best chance to establish the new world order. I think even that, even that does not describe why the world has changed so much and why the world has turned so much toward a new world order and a new kind of civilization. It first started in 1967 when I found out that uh, I had not uh, gotten the big picture, even though I thought that I, uh, I had it together. I just didn't have the complete pieces of the picture. This is a, a giant geopsychopolitical picture, and uh, things are happening with the use of subliminal, indirect, and reverse psychological propaganda. Uh, it's made to be confusing by the evil archy that uh, controls not only the United States, but Britain. This Illuminati, this group who called themselves the Enlightened Ones, had gained positions of power through control of the banking system. the dollar bill you'll see the symbol on the left hand side of the bill which is uh, I knew it coeptus which means our enterprise is now a success or our enterprise is crowned with success I knew it coeptus so you say fine so you have an enterprise and is now crowned with success what enterprise are you talking about novas ordo seclorum novas is novas meaning new ordo is order and seclorum is where we get the word secular meaning the world so it's new order of the world. The new world order. George Bush's new world order is now a success. Bill, you've heard an awful lot of dramatic speeches and seen dramatic moments in times of great gravity for the nation. How would you assess this evening? This was a stirring address, in my view. Shorter than his father's speech when he announced the new world order. Shorter than his father's speech when he announced the new world order. <laughs> is when the Federal Reserve actually finally took total control of the United States monetary system and that's when they said it is now a success because this is a symbol this is an emblem of a secret society a secret society of Freemasons called the Illuminati the German Bavarian Illuminati they were a, a secret society founded in the south of and in the south of, uh, of uh, Germany, they were called the Illuminati, the Illuminated Ones, the Enlightened Ones. 
Split Coeptus Novus Odosiplorum, and that was in 1774 that the Bavarian Illuminati drew up their plans for what they were going to do in America and how they were going to do it. The uh, triangle at the top with the light emanating from around it is Horus. The god of the ancient Egyptians, of course, is an Egyptian pyramid. You don't find pyramids in America. You find them in Egypt. And that pyramid is the is uh, the symbol of the eye was in the Egyptian religion, Horus, which was the newborn sun. Every morning when the sun came up, his name was Horus. There was, um, that was the solar divinity in Egypt. And that's why the light is emanating from around because it's the sun. The sun is a round eyeball of God, the ancient Egyptians believed. The pupil of God was God was the sun, and he's watching you. And therefore, the sun was, was very bright, and so today we even say someone who is extremely intelligent is brilliant. They're bright. And that's why God is, of course, the most brilliant of all. Therefore, the sun is the most brilliant because it's God's eye. All right, anyway, there are 13 layers on the pyramid. And the 1776 at the bottom is uh, 1776. A lot of people think it's because of the country being founded in 1776. It has nothing to do with that. As I said, this is on a, doc a document published back in 1774, 75. And then in 1776, the Roman numerals were, uh, appeared on it in Europe. So what it amounted to is that the 1776 was when this secret society actually formed itself into a secret society and put itself into operation. They were the basis for what we call today in our country the Bavarian um, Illuminati was the basis for what we call today the Colombian faction. The Colombian faction of the Illuminati came here right after this government was formed and that's where we get today Columbia, Columbia, uh, this Columbia Space Shuttle. Columbia movies, Columbia television, you know, Columbia records, everything, Columbia University. Uh, as a matter of fact, Columbia TV, Columbia Broadcasting System, CBS. What is the symbol for CBS? It's the all-seeing eye. And that's why our government is in the District of Columbia, because these guys own our government. They print our money, and they own not only the government, but they own you. You are their property. So, in other words, these guys print the money, they run the country, and they own you, and they own everything around it. And so they make the laws, and that's why they can decide who can kill who, and who can get away with who, and who can get away with whatever, because they make the laws and they decide, all right? As I said to you before, there are 13 layers in this pyramid, there are 13 letters in Anacoeptus, but 13 is a very important number to this secret society. There are 13 stripes, there are 13 uh, stars here, which make up the Star of David. Um, the 13 berries, there are 13 leaves, 13 arrows. Uh, there are 32 feathers here and 33 feathers there. Uh, everything is done in sequence of 13. 13, of course, is based on, the, it's, this is what we call Masonic symbolism. Freemasons designed this dollar bill. Everything is done in sequence of uh, 13. And again, I draw your attention to the fact that you have 13 stars here, which uh, collectively make up the Star of David. There's a reason why. On the one dollar bill at the top, you'll see this little image right here. But if you blow it up from an actual photograph, you'll see it is a, a, it's a, it's a little owl. It's a symbol of the Bohemian Society. The Bohemian Society meets in California on the last two weeks of July of every year. I have pictures. 
uh, showing all of the presidents, all of the living presidents, excluding the new one, but all of the living presidents at uh, Bohemian Grove in Northern California, and they're all wearing red and black um, Ku Klux Klan dress of regalia, like Ku Klux Klaners, with the pointed headdress and everything. And, uh, I mean, that's quite a sight to see presidents dressed like Ku Klux Klan members, right? And they're standing in front of a big open pit of fire, and behind them is a about a 25, 20 to 25 foot owl behind them. And the article in Elm Magazine and Time Magazine, I've got two or three different magazines showing basically the same pictures, it says that the presidents meet with all of the heads of industry throughout the world, all of the heads of state throughout the world, and all of the most important wheeler dealers in this country, and they all meet up in Northern California, and they have they have uh, rituals where they go before the owl after midnight. And then what a picture you got with all the presidents dressed up like Ku Klux Klaners with black and red robes on before an owl. And these are your presidents of this country. And the reason why they chose the owl is because the owl is a symbol used in Europe by secret societies because the owl is wise because it sees things in the dark. And the implication is, of course, that's why they are where they are because they're very brilliant and they know things that you don't know. ancient Illuminati secret society network penetrated world politics. If you read the many books published about conspiracies, then you will learn that many leading authors have alleged that British Prime Minister Tony Blair is a high-ranking Freemason. Mr. Blair is a Queen's Council barrister, 
a profession which has its roots in the Temple Bar, built in London by the Knights Templar Secret Society in the 12th century. According to many authors, Tony Blair follows the tradition of Masonic membership amongst large numbers of barristers and judges. Mr. Blair is allegedly a member of the 1591 Studholm Masonic Lodge, which meets, amongst other places, at the Café de Paris in London. The Prime Minister has defended his role in lobbying on behalf of a wealthy Labour Party donor who was negotiating to buy a steel company from the Romanian government. Mr Blair wrote a letter in support of Lakshmi Mittal, an Indian billionaire who lives in London. Mr Blair said the letter was a standard one, written on the advice of the Foreign Office. However, opposition MPs are calling for an inquiry into allegations that his intervention helped to clinch the deal for Mr Mittal's company, which is registered in a Caribbean tax haven. Our political correspondent, Norman Smith, reports. Lakshmi Mittal donated more than £100,000 to Labour after the last election. Shortly after that, Mr Blair wrote a letter to the Romanian Prime Minister in support of a successful bid by Mr Mittal's company, L&M Holdings, to buy a Romanian steelworks. retired solicitor once described barristers like Tony Blair as highly paid professional liars. So it is unlikely that Tony Blair will ever come clean about his membership of a secret society. However, one thing we can be sure about. The Masonic establishment at the heart of British society does not like being probed or investigated when it comes to matters of Masonic membership. A recent select committee inquiry chaired by Labour MP Chris Mullins found that the Metropolitan Police Force and Judiciary were unwilling to force their members to disclose if they were members of secret societies. In a series of embarrassing revelations in the 1970s and 1980s, the British author Martin Short established that the Scotland Yard Vice Squad and senior CID officers were all Masons and taking bribes from pornographers in London, Soho. Martin Short estimates that one in six British police officers are Masons and that there are approximately 600,000 Freemasons in Britain today. Many Freemasons occupy highly paid jobs at local borough councils across Britain, which often have Masonic temples inside council buildings, maintained at the taxpayer's expense. In Scotland, Masons used to proudly parade through the streets. After the exposure of local authority frauds involving corrupt Masonic solicitors and councillors, British Freemasons went underground and now rarely march in view of the public. The public image of British Freemasonry has been damaged by the revelation that supercriminal Kenneth Noy 
and the men responsible for the Brinks Matt Gold bullion robbery were all Masons. As Prime Minister, Tony Blair has frequent meetings with the Queen. She herself is Grand Patroness of International World Freemasonry, which has its Grand Lodge of England headquarters near Drury Lane in London. The British government employs a huge number of civil servants, magistrates, judges, solicitors and officials, which have all historically been Freemasons. The deceased author of The Brotherhood, Stephen Knight, says that penetration of Freemasonry into the British establishment goes way beyond policemen and parish councils. Knight says that the Palace of Westminster, home to the British Parliament, is used as a meeting place for at least two Masonic lodges. One of these lodges is called the New Welcome Masonic Lodge, which regularly hosts blood-curdling rituals and ceremonies inside the Palace of Westminster. Members of Parliament from all political parties gather together wearing white gloves, sashes, lambskin aprons and wielding ceremonial daggers swearing bloodthirsty oaths of allegiance to each other. Just where this leaves British democracy is anyone's guess, but the fact that these secret ceremonies take place in a building paid for by the British taxpayer leaves one wondering if Freemasons do not see themselves as superior to the average British citizen. Many researchers claim British Prime Minister Tony Blair is a high-ranking 33rd degree Freemason. This is the highest rank of Mason, and this elite cabal of British Freemasonry has its own headquarters at number 10 Duke Street, which some claim is connected to number 10 Downing Street via a secret underground tunnel. Inside the Duke Street headquarters of the Supreme Council of the 33rd degree, there is a red room, a black room, and a chamber of death which Masons use for macabre rituals based on ancient Jewish mysticism and Enochian magic. Once initiated into the 33rd degree, Masons are told they are superior beings and the human population are referred to as being profane goyim, which means cattle. If Tony Blair is indeed a 33rd degree Freemason, then he is following in the footsteps of previous Prime Ministers, who have all been members of either Freemasonry, the Knights Templar, or the Round Table, which was started by Sir Cecil Rhodes following his economic conquest of Zimbabwe during the 19th century. Winston Churchill was also a 33rd degree Freemason, initiated into the Studholm Lodge at the headquarters of the 33rd degree in May 1901. Winston Churchill was also a member of the Order of Druids, who often meet at Stonehenge during the spring equinox, whilst members of the British public are forcibly restrained from this ancient megalithic site by thousands of police officers. The ancient Druid rituals at Stonehenge can be considered harmless when compared to the murderous, satanically inspired ceremonies of Freemasonry. 
most Freemasons do not progress beyond the first three degrees or exams of initiation. These are often called the blue degrees. In fact, many Masons do not even realize that beyond the third degree of Master Mason that there are higher degrees. The higher degrees of Freemasonry are almost exclusively populated by men of aristocratic lineage or ex-officers of the armed forces. In all, at any one time, there are no more than a few dozen men who reach the 33rd degree. As they pass each ritual test, the ceremonies become more bizarre and include symbols which can be found in ancient Egypt, with initiates being given pompous titles such as sovereign, prince or knight. When we see Tony Blair meeting with George Bush Jr., we are actually seeing two knights of secret orders. Blair is rumored to be a sovereign knight of Malta, whilst Bush is confirmed as being a knight of Eulogia, his title bestowed upon him whilst laying in a coffin at the Skull and Bones Secret Society headquarters at Yale University. Blair and Bush claim to have democracy and freedom as their number one priorities, but both have sworn blood-curdling oaths of allegiance to ancient Babylonian, Egyptian and Jewish demon gods. Both have sworn on pain of death not to reveal the secrets of their Masonic orders. Both have been initiated into the age-old Illuminati global network which is obsessed with death and murder. I was an FBI agent for 27 and a half years. At the time of my retirement, I was the senior special agent in charge of the FBI Los Angeles Division. I have been qualified in the courts as an expert on cults and satanic ritual abuse. I have information from various sources uh, that uh, judges, law enforcement, prosecutors, attorneys, doctors, some many, many prominent individuals, including actors, Actresses, professional football and baseball players are involved in these type activities. If you go back uh, 200 25 or 30 years ago, you have what we call the Illuminati that was established 
1776. And the goals of the Illuminati, this is all very well documented, are to take over the world. One of the best ways of taking over the world is to control people's minds and to take over a country through the control of the minds. Uh, so what's happening in America, and based on my research and my interviews with numerous individuals, is that the uh, powers that be, the higher-ups, uh, the people in the Illuminati are using the satanic cults as a means and as a tool to condition individuals and to uh, make them victims of the mind control, MK Ultra mind control program. There's probably close to four million practicing Satanists in the United States alone based on my intelligence information. If the many authors on the subject of the occult are correct, and Tony Blair has been initiated into the 33rd degree, then his pseudo-Christian morals will be compromised by the fact that devil worshippers and high-ranking Freemasons have walked through the corridors of power hand-in-hand hand for centuries. The Royal Archmasons describe their highest-ranking brothers as Grand Solicitor Generals of the Supreme Grand Chapter. There is a secret word, the name of the true Masonic God which none are allowed to say in public. This name is Yabulon. The Masonic God is not the same God of the Bible, which the Masons call Adonai. Yabulon has been described by Christian minister Canon Brian Brindley as an unholy compound of the Hebrew name of God, Jehovah, with the heathen names for Baal and Osiris. The highest ranks of Freemasonry utter Yabulon as the one sacred and mysterious name of God. Yabulon is a tripantheon Masonic God, in part deified as the historical Baal, which the Oxford English Dictionary confirms as being a Hebrew word. Baal is the chief male deity of the Phoenician and Canaanite nations. To the tribes of the Old Testament, Baal was the devil himself. Albert Pike is America's most celebrated Freemason. Pike was Grand Commander Sovereign Pontiff of Scottish Rite Freemasonry in the southern and western United States from 1859 to 1891. Scottish Rite Freemasonry has its own headquarters at the 33rd degree in Edinburgh. The United Grand Lodge of England has tried to deny that the true god of masonry is Yabulon, or has anything to do with the devil. But Albert Pike describes Yabulon as a symbol of the infinite and internal godhead, a mongrel word whose name has been for 2,000 years an appellation of the devil. 
On the 14th of July, 1889, Albert Pike issued these instructions to 23 Scottish Rite Supreme Councils throughout the world. We worship a God, but it is the God that one adores without superstition. To you, Sovereign Grand Inspectors General, we say this, that you may repeat it to the brethren of the 30th, 31st, and 32nd degrees. The Masonic religion should be the Luciferian doctrine. Lucifer is God. The true and pure philosophical religion is the belief in Lucifer. So, Yabulon is really an alternative name for the devil. The last syllable, On, is a code name for the ancient Egyptian god Osiris, who was the god of the dead. There can be no doubt that the Scottish Rite form of Freemasonry in America and Britain is controlled by high-ranking 33rd degree Masons who worship Satan or Lucifer as their god. We're talking about occultic forces, uh, we're talking about the five-pointed pentagram which was used by satanic worshippers for thousands of years. If you take the five points off of a five-pointed star or a pentagram, you have left in the middle a pentagon. The pentagon is directed toward the North Star because according to the ancient Babylonians, that's where you, you gathered power from the gods of the North in war. We cannot allow our sons and daughters to be sent to die in a bankster's war. For oil, for heroin, for cocaine, for gold, or for control. Sun Tzu, the great strategist of war, said that all confrontations are won before the battle begins. There has never been a battle that has been won defensively. But we must prepare by becoming self-sufficient. We must prepare to do that which has not been done before. Once identifying the enemy, they have to be routed out.
British royal family recently suffered intense embarrassment when it was revealed that the father of the Duchess of Kent was an SS officer. To be a member of Hitler's SS, families had to be pure Aryan, with their German ancestry clearly traceable to the Teutonic Knights of medieval Germany. Like most of the British royal family, the Duchess of Kent is descended from German blood. Her German ancestors have throughout history been members of the Illuminati Secret Society Network. The British royal family's name is not Windsor. Their real family name is actually Saxa Coburg Gotha. In his book, The Forgotten Monarchy of Scotland, his Royal Highness Prince Michael of Albany publishes ancient heraldic documents which expose the true lineage of the British royals. Ancient heraldic documents suggest that the British royal family's lineage comes from ancient Hebrew or Jewish tribes of the Old Testament. During the reign of Queen Elizabeth I, she referred to England as Israel or Jerusalem. During the reign of Queen Elizabeth I, her personal spy, Mr. John Dee, was responsible for establishing the British Secret Service. John Dee was a magician and member of an alchemical secret order. He is thought to be the author of the ancient Voynich Manuscript, which is now owned by Yale University, and is kept under lock and key just a few yards away from the headquarters of the Skull and Bones Secret Society. The Duchess of Kent might be ashamed of her father having been a member of the SS but she might equally be keen to play down the fact that her husband, the Duke of Kent, is Britain's most senior royal Freemason. The Duke and Duchess of Kent live at Kensington Palace, which is home to the Royal Alpha Masonic Lodge. The Royal Alpha Lodge was established by the Duke of Sussex after he became Grand Master of United Grand Lodge in 1813. One of its most eminent members was the physician in ordinary to Queen Victoria, Sir William Gull, who Stephen Knight claims was responsible, along with several other eminent Freemasons, for the Jack the Ripper murders in Victorian London. Suitably, members of the Royal Alpha Lodge at Kensington Palace are called Princes of the Blood Royal. Secret societies across the planet proudly claim to have geniuses such as Mozart and Kings amongst their membership. But none of these secret societies allow their members to speak of the rituals which go on behind closed doors in palaces and government buildings around the world. The satanic rituals of Freemasonry have been practiced by several kings of England but all those questioned sweep Freemasonry's darkest satanic secrets under a very plush carpet. 
Tawati in Tawi, Tim Jeffa Kau, Tapin M. Awef, Mu F, Ta F, Sem F, Menemenet F Nebet, Hyat Nebet, Henenet Nebet, Jedefuit F, Awet F, Hasset, Semau M. Sanuit. One of the most influential secret societies spawned by the Bavarian Illuminati is the Order of the Golden Dawn. It was founded in 1887 by a Freemason, William Wynne Westcott, who claimed to have deciphered a coded alchemical script containing initiation rituals of a secret German occult order called Die Golden Dammerung. Westcott already had plenty of experience conducting occult rituals. In 1865, he had helped establish a Masonic order called the Societas Rosicruciana, inspired by the Jewish magic of the Hebrew Kabbalah. These rituals are still enacted at study group meetings at the United Grand Lodge in London. For many years, the Golden Dawn held its meetings at the London headquarters of the Mark Masons. The Golden Dawn was plagued with scandal as rival high-ranking Masons wrestled for control of this influential Victorian secret society. In 1891, Westcott lost control of the Golden Dawn to another high-ranking Freemason magician called McGregor Mathers. Together with the poet W.B. Yeats, they devised new magical rituals and initiated the senior members of Britain's aristocracy. In 1903, control of the Golden Dawn was yet again seized by another Freemason called A.E. Waite. The rituals of the Golden Dawn were similar to ancient witchcraft. At the Old Bailey in 1901, two Golden Dawn associates, Mr. and Mrs. Horos, were tried for rape. They had used the Golden Dawn initiation ceremony to beguile their teenage victims. The Golden Dawn was nothing more than Freemasonry with added semi-satanic and sexual mysteries. The Golden Dawn still survives to this day. In 1987, a conference was held in London to commemorate the centenary of the Golden Dawn's conception. The conference was organized by the Hermetic Research Trust, whose trustees include the Marquess of Northampton, who is a prominent Royal Arch Freemason.
Golden Dawn's most notorious member was a self-confessed Satanist, Alastair Crowley, who styled himself as the Beast. Crowley was one of the pantheon of cult figures portrayed on the cover of the Beatles record, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Crowley had already been trying to contact the devil in 1898 when he first made contact with the Order of the Golden Dawn. By 1900, Crowley was mingling with the elite of British society, sharing his knowledge of devil worship with leading Masonic politicians, aristocrats and royalty. Crowley was a full-time occultist and had no day job in which he had to hide his fascination with Freemasonry and Satanism. In his book, Confessions, Crowley claims he was initiated into Freemasonry at the Anglo-Saxon Lodge in Paris. He also recounts how he became master of one of London's oldest and most respected lodges, the Studholm Lodge, which is now rumoured to have Tony Blair as one of its members. Crowley shared Albert Pike's enthusiasm for the devil. In his book entitled Magic, Crowley writes, The devil is this serpent, Satan. He is life and love. He is light, and his zodiacal image is Capricornus, the leaping goat. Secret societies often portray the goat of Mendes sitting in the Baphomet position. A statue of George Washington himself, a high-ranking Freemason, shows one of America's founding fathers sitting in the same occult posture as Crowley's goat-headed devil. In 1912, Crowley became the British leader of the Ordo Templi Orientis, the OTO, which was a direct descendant to the original Bavarian Illuminati. The OTO was a hardcore satanic secret society, and Crowley devised the initiation ritual around the 33rd degree ceremony 
of Scottish Rite Freemasonry. Crowley claimed the formation of the OTO was reconstituting Freemasonry back to its German Illuminati roots. Crowley wanted nothing less than to dance with the devil. He was impatient with the politeness of Masonic ritual. He described basic Freemasonry in the lower ranks as a sinister association for political intrigues and pirates. Subliminable messages. I don't think we need to be subliminal, 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 subliminal.
part about television is the is the programming, the philosophy. Okay, I mean the the manipulating of your mind, the philosophy, the the the, the mentality, the the system of thinking, the ideology. That's what's wrong with television. That's what's wrong with movies. That's where they're really getting in your head. Take for example Walt Disney. Right? And many people that will preach against the TV, they'll preach against the movies, they'll preach against Hollywood because it's obvious that that stuff is bad. But then they'll say, well, but we watch Disney movies. And I've been to the home of preachers and Christians who would never watch TV or the movies, but yet they have the whole library of the Walt Disney movies. You know those white plastic cases? And they have them all lined up. And I mean, they have tons of them lined up, scores. I don't know how many there are, but there's hundreds of them. They have them lined up and, and lined up, and they have their kids watching those movies all day long. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to prove to you right now that those movies are wicked. What? Disney movies? Come on. You're crazy. They're rated G. Well, let's see. First of all, did you know this? Did you know that Disney movies are filled with subliminal messages? Subliminal messages. Now, we're ta- what are we talking about tonight? Sorcery. What are we talking about tonight? Uh, getting inside your mind and messing with you. Uh, controlling your thought process by, by uh, supernatural means or demonic means. Or Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Disney movies are filled with subliminal messages. And you say, oh, that's a hoax. I've seen it with my own eyes. When I was a teenager, I had a friend of mine sit me down at his house and show me the subliminal messages in the Disney movies. They're filled with subliminal messages. Let me give you some examples. The Lion King, filled with subliminal messages. Okay, all throughout the movie, there are pornographic pictures hidden in the movie. Like you'll be watching the movie, and just for a few seconds, something filthy will come on. Like off to the side, there'll be some kind of a, you know, reproductive anatomy will, will pop up, you know, over here. And then, and then over here, there's this one point where the lion... You know, he, he kind of goes like, like this, and a cloud of dust comes up and just spells the word sex. And the word sex is, is put in the Lion King movie subliminally, literally, hundreds of times. Hundreds of times the, 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 the shapes on the screen will spell the word. And I've seen it. I mean, I had my friend sit me down at his house and pausing the movie, showing me the word S-E-X popping up on the screen at different times because he knew where they were. And he would show me these things. Another one, uh, and they all are filled with it. You know, Aladdin is another one. In the movie Aladdin, uh, there's a there's a part in the movie where the guy, the what's his name, Aladdin. There's a point in the movie where he tells Jasmine to take all her clothes off, but you don't even know it unless you know it's there. You listen to it, and he mumbles it kind of under his breath. Leave me alone. <laughs> So how's our little bow doing? Come on, good kids. So how's our little bow doing? Come on, good kids. Come on, good kids. Come on, good kids. I mean, once you know it's there, you hear it just as clear as day. But you didn't know that it was there, you wouldn't hear it. And uh, the Little Mermaid has a, a filthy picture drawn in the cover on the front of the Little Mermaid. And nobody would realize it until somebody shows you and says, look at this. And you look at it, whoa, 
And all throughout the movie, there are scenes, I'm not even going to describe some of the scenes in The Little Mermaid, where subliminal messages are coming on the screen. Uh, the, the other movie, uh, Beauty and the Beast, there, you know, a nude woman pops up a few times in the background of Beauty and the Beast, filled with subliminal messages. Your kids are watching it, and their mind is maybe not even seeing it, but it's going into their subconscious. Words flashing on the screen over and over, S-E-X, S-E-X, S-E, you know, nudity, uh, uh, filth, just all the smut is just coming on the screen. Come on. Oh, those movies are harmless. They're filled with subliminal messages. Who knows what your kids are being programmed? Oh, but you know what? I'm sure that it's only just the Disney movies. I'll guarantee you it's the rest of Hollywood probably doing the same thing. And these Disney movies, at first when I was a teenager and somebody showed me this, I thought it was just a couple movies, a couple scenes, but you know, as time has gone on, I've realized that virtually every Disney movie is packed with hundreds of subliminal messages to program the, the minds of your children. Okay, but then forget the subliminal message. Just the message of the Disney movies is perverted. Even if you just forget the subliminal message. I mean, forget, what, what movies did we bring up? The Little Mermaid. You know, a half animal, half human being. And that's perverted in and of itself. All throughout the Bible, every false god is a half animal, half human being. They're constantly merging of animals and human beings. It's paganism. It's, it's wicked. And yet every Disney movie is pretty much based on the merging of a human being with an animal. It's described in the Bible. And, and uh, the, the movie The Little Mermaid, you know, she's topless the whole time, right? She's just wearing like a bikini top. How is that? Is that how you want your daughter to dress? Is that, oh, but there's no cussing, there's no nudity. Do you want your daughter going around in a bikini top? Is that modest apparel? Is that what Jesus Christ would have you to wear, ladies? No. The movie's filled with Satanism, witchcraft. There's some, what is it, Ursula, some witch that's casting spells and, and using sorcery and demonism. Oh, pretty innocent, right? All of them are filled with it in, in the movie Beauty and the Beast. Uh, the whole first half of the movie is these these prostitutes in the town that are dressed just half naked, dancing around, you know, admiring this guy, the big, strong, handsome guy. But all these girls are dressed indecently. They're 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 obscene in their gestures, subliminal messages, and then the whole movie is basically just exalting a certain physical standard of appearance. Beauty and the Beast is a movie about a woman who falls in love with an animal. And in the movie, they keep acting like, well, he's just ugly. He's not ugly, he's an animal. But there's a difference between being ugly and being a beast, being an animal. And if you've seen the, if you've seen the cartoon, it's an animal. It's like a dog. It's like a big dog man or something. I mean, it's clearly an animal, and yet she falls in love with him while he's an animal. You know, only when she kisses an animal does he become a human being. Oh, wow. And you say, well, what's wrong with that? Read the Bible sometime. A 49-year-old unidentified man went berserk last night. Where did she get her view of the world? Shotgun. 14 people are dead, including three Who will be her role models? Never been a better time to what values will she have? Whose child is she? Yours or the networks? Take back your children. Turn off the TV.
the Skull and Bones Secret Society was originally called the Brotherhood of Death. George Bush Jr., his father George H.W. Bush, and his grandfather Prescott Bush have all been initiated into this macabre fraternity, which was established in 1832 at Yale University by William Huntington Russell, whose family were America's biggest opium smugglers. George W. Bush was initiated into the Skull and Bones Brotherhood of Death in 1968. The ceremony took place at the Society's headquarters, which is a stone building with almost no windows. This mausoleum-type building is known as the Tomb. There is a small enclosed courtyard, an internal chamber where initiates lay masturbating inside a coffin, and a museum of artifacts held sacred by the Society's members, which are all called Bonesmen, regardless if they are male or female. Many of the artifacts inside the Skull and Bones headquarters have been stolen by its members. To prove their devotion to the Brotherhood of Death, Bonesmen have robbed graves, bringing human skulls and skeletons back to their tomb and placing them in glass display cabinets. For nearly 40 years, George W. Bush has been an active member of this most bloodthirsty occult secret society. His allegiance is primarily to his fellow Bonesmen, not the American people. In order to prove his devotion to the Skull and Bones, Prescott Bush, grandfather of George W. Bush, savagely desecrated the grave of Apache Indian chief Geronimo. Prescott Bush robbed Geronimo's grave and had Geronimo's skull placed in a display case alongside the Order's other treasured possessions, which include silver tableware from Hitler's Eagle's Nest headquarters in Nazi-occupied Austria. Welcome to the satanically inspired secret world of the Skull and Bones Brotherhood of Death. Welcome to the sick world of the Bush family. The Skull and Bones headquarters is on the campus of Yale University. Yale is home to several other lesser secret societies, including the Scroll and Key. Alexandra Robbins is an American journalist who has written a book about the Skull and Bones called Secrets of the Tomb. In her book, she traces the origins of this cult, which was funded from profits of the Russell Company in the early 1800s. The Russell Trading Company was nothing more than an opium trading empire, which, still to this day, is the corporate arm of the Skull and Bones Secret Society. William Huntington Russell had travelled in Germany during his student years and was befriended by a disciple of Adam Weishaupt's Bavarian Illuminati. Upon returning to the USA in the early 1800s, Russell used some of his family's opium wealth to fund the building of the tomb at Yale University. Russell initiated several of his fellow classmates, including Alfonso Taft, who would go on to become the Secretary of War 
and ambassador to Russia. Alfonso Taft's son became president of the United States, and so a time-honored tradition of hereditary membership of the Skull and Bones Brotherhood of Death was begun. We see this tradition continue to this day, with senior Bones men encouraging young initiates to marry into each other's families, their sons and daughters following in their parents' footsteps and becoming disciples of this most unholy of orders. In the Hollywood movie Brotherhood of the Bell, we see an initiation ceremony which is a common occurrence on the campuses of America's elite Ivy League secret societies. Mr. Patterson, Philip Everest Dunning, Mr. Chad Harmon, Mr. Dunning. Mr. Dunning, the articles and letters of the Brotherhood. swear that having been entrusted with these articles and letters since midnight this night, that you alone read them and did not communicate their content to any person whatsoever? I so swear. Having so sworn, are you now prepared to go forward? I am prepared. Mr. Dunning, for over 200 years, Brothers of the Bell have been initiated before the spell, and in the same ceremony at sunrise. 22 years ago, Mr. Patterson stood due east in your place, and I became his senior, as Mr. Patterson is now yours. One day, Mr. Patterson will stand due south, and he will induct a Brother of the Bell and you will become senior. See, in this fashion does the Brotherhood express its continuity. It will continue long after all of us are dead. But that continuity depends upon one thing, obedience. Absolute obedience. If and when you are ever called upon by Mr. Patterson to pay your due bill, you must comply, whatever is asked of you. Well, that bill may come due tomorrow, in 20 years, or never. It'll not be a matter of money. It will be an act of fealty, of loyalty to the Brotherhood of the Bell. Now, if you require anything at all, get in touch with your senior, and he will see to it that it's arranged for you. Are you ready for the oath? I am. The oath, gentlemen. I, I Chad, and I will do swear in absolute faith that I shall reveal no secret of the brotherhood of the hell, that I shall respect my brothers and myself that I will act as they desire.
find it incredible that, that I could get anything I want. Anything a man could get with money, privilege, and the best connections. You know, it just occurred to me that um, we're part of the establishment now. Not part. The establishment. Her fascinating book, American journalist Alexandra Robbins claims to have unearthed a skull and bones plan to dominate the world. One can't help recognizing the fact that in the 170 years since the formation of the Skull and Bones Society, it has members in the most influential jobs all over the world. New initiates seem to fall effortlessly into high-paid jobs within banks, media organizations, government agencies, and huge corporations which earn vast profits from government defense contracts. Some researchers claim that all members agree to tithe their wealth over to the society, thus ensuring that their offspring will become future initiates of the Brotherhood of Death. The Skull and Bones Brotherhood of Death recruits members from America's billionaire aristocracy. Multiple generations of the Bush family have taken part in six satanically inspired rituals along with members of wealthy families who are behind some of America's most famous brand names. Based on the rituals of the German Bavarian Illuminati, the Skull and Bones have approximately 900 members worldwide. George W. Bush has initiated five fellow Bonesmen to join his administration, including William Donaldson, who is head of the American Securities and Exchange Commission. Upon initiation into the Skull and Bones, candidates are told that they must forever deny their membership. The psychological mind programming and brainwashing which goes on inside the tomb can only be guessed at, as no bonesman has ever broken the fraternity's rule of silence. Fellow students at Yale have often said that on the night of ceremonies, blood-curdling yells and shrieks can be heard from inside the tomb. Some say the initiates are forced to wrestle in mud and are even beaten. This technique has been used by the CIA and EST brainwashing organizations who seek to wear down the subject mentally and physically using a program of punishment and verbal abuse. Once the will of the candidate has been broken, 
and they have divulged all their sexual secrets to the elder bonesmen. They stand naked and are reborn in a mockery of a Christian baptism with elder bonesmen dressed as the Pope and the devil conducting the ritual. Ron Rosenbaum is a journalist who writes for the New York Observer. He secretly filmed an initiation ceremony from the top of a building near the Skull and Bones headquarters. Members of the order dress up as the devil, the pope, and a kind of Don Quixote character. The pope wears a white monogrammed slipper which rests upon a stone skull. Each initiate is led into a chamber where fellow members shout obscenities and abuse the new initiate. The initiates are told that they are superior beings and are part of a privileged elite who use war, terror and famine to control Earth's human population. This callous philosophy was illustrated in the Hollywood movie Skulls, made in 1999. Over the years there have been several break-ins. Um, at the tomb, which is the headquarters of the Skull and Bones at Yale University. Um, the artefacts which have been found have included membership lists of another secret society which operates on the campus called the Scroll and Key. Now it seems pretty obvious uh, as we research this material that the wolf's head, Phoebe to Kappa, uh, the Scroll and Key, and skull and bones are all different flavours of the same Bavarian Illuminati secret society. One by one, each new member is thrust to his knees and bows before the devil. A naked woman is ceremoniously assaulted with a dagger. The devil lays each initiate into a coffin and a ribbon is tied to their genitalia. Everyone is encouraged to divulge their entire sexual life history whilst masturbating. With all their innermost secrets known to the other bonesmen, the new initiates are threatened with blackmail if they ever reveal the secrets of this Masonic order. At this point, they are dressed in long robes and rechristened with their occult names. The Don Quixote character taps each member on the shoulder with a silver sword and proclaims, by our order, I dub thee Knight of Eulogia. We can exclusively reveal that George Bush Senior's occult name is Magog, which is the name of the evil army commanded by Satan to visit Earth and destroy the Kingdom of Christ.
The American Ivy League colleges each have their own branches of the Skull and Bones Brotherhood of Death, indoctrinating the children of America's elite families who go on to become the captains of industry, banking, law, military, and the media. The epicenter of this elite cabal is Yale University. The last three presidents attended Yale, as did the terrorist expert Paul Bremer III, who governs Iraq for the Bush-Cheney Skull and Bones elite. Members of the Anglo-American Illuminati network also share the same philosophy. They believe in a single, all-powerful superstate, which is governed by a single world leader. If the Illuminati were successful, and their dream would come true, it would be a virtual hell on earth. That is what the New World Order is all about. It's a living hell. It's Orwell's worst dream and nightmare. Well, to understand the philosophy of the Skull and Bone Society, you have to understand the philosophy of 18th and 19th century Germany with people such as Hegel. Now, the dialectic system, the dialectical political system, was not devised by Karl Marx. It was actually developed by Hegel, Fichte, and uh, also contributed to by Kant. These German philosophers uh, believed that you could create change in society by conflict. And this could be, for example, political conflict. Uh, the conflict between left and right. From this conflict, a new political system would come about, and this would be a synthesis of the two views. Now, that sounds pretty innocent, but in actual fact, the dialectical system is used in military combat as well. And Hegel's plan uh, which is being actually carried out right now, is to create conflict, to create wars. And through the creation of wars, several things happen. First of all, the companies which manufacture the missiles, the guns, the bullets, the uniforms, and all of the paraphernalia to do with uh, warfare, all make huge profits. Uh, secondly, uh, there is a culling of the male population. Since the 1950s we've had several reports from think tanks that feed information into the European Union, the British government, also the American government, which are recommending depopulation. And there is uh, several plans uh, which we believe have been put in motion right now. And obviously war is one way of depopulating uh, the planet. Now, in addition to creating false conflict and engineered wars, 
the Hegelian uh, philosophical system, which is being followed by the Skull and Bone Society at Yale and also the group at All Souls College at uh, Oxford University. Um, the Hegelian system also requires uh, complete and utter obedience from everyone in society. Uh, the idea of freedom, freedom of thought, freedom of the individual to choose what they want to do with their lives um, doesn't come into play at all under this German Hegelian system. In actual fact, um, Hegel uh, says that uh, the individual should be 100% obedient to the state and the state should take on the image of God. Now, in the Hegelian system, the state is all-powerful, so we should ask ourselves, uh, what is the state? Well, the state is the elite. The state is the royal, aristocratic hierarchy who are able to maneuver and live their lives in any way that they choose because they are super wealthy. Now let's just talk about super wealth and super wealthy people. I can tell you now after meeting quite a few of them that they are very very different to you or me. Uh, when I'm talking about super wealth I am not talking about uh, Puff Daddy who has uh, allegedly three Bentleys. I'm talking about super wealth, uh, family wealth which was uh, in the millions back in the 19th century. Now, when we look at uh, this hierarchy of aristocrats and royal uh, families uh, around the world, we can see that they are the state. They are the people that the robots, I call them robots, uh, the civil servants, who run the machinery of the state. It is the civil servants who swear allegiance to this elite. When you join the British civil service, you do not swear an oath to serve the British people. You swear an oath to serve the monarch. Um, it's the same when you become a spy, when you join MI5 or MI6 or any of the other DI or MI agencies, uh, and there's many of them run by the British government. You are swearing allegiance to serve the reigning monarch, not the British people. While the American people sing the Star Spangled Banner, the most powerful people in the USA and Europe salute the ancient symbol of the Brotherhood of Death. In the book, Who's Who of America's Elite, the author has found that the Order of the Skull and Bones encourages its members to intermarry, thus keeping their spectacular wealth all in the family. Good evening. Good evening. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack 
America was targeted for attack because we're the brightest beacon for evil and the very worst of human nature. I've directed the full resources of our intelligence and law enforcement communities to find those who want peace and security in the world and to bring them to justice. We will make no distinction between the terrorists who committed these acts and the victims of the American economy. Our military is evil and it's prepared. Our country is evil, deliberate and deadly evil. All that is evil, comforted by evil, and no one will keep that evil from shining. And on behalf of the American power greater than any of us, I thank the many world leaders who have called to offer their financial institutions and assistance. America and our terrorist friends and allies join with all those who want despicable chaos and terrible evil. And we stand together to win the war against all that is good and just. None of us will ever find those responsible. Thank you. Good night.
the Skull and Bones was founded using money from opium. Retired Colonel Bo Gritz is a 33rd degree Freemason who interviewed Viet Cong soldiers after the Vietnam War who told him that George Bush Sr. and Richard Armitage were at the head of an opium trading gang during the Vietnam War. Afghanistan is the world's largest supplier of opium and since the US invasion in 2002 the growing of opium poppies has reached staggering proportions with money from the British government being used by opium farmers to plant gigantic fields of poppies. The BBC confirmed in April 2004 that since the invasion and occupation of Afghanistan by British and American forces, poppy production has reached an all-time high. Bonesmen have never had such an ideal opportunity to follow in the footsteps of their forebears and start smuggling opium. The American and British war machines are commanded by men who have all sworn allegiance to the blood-curdling murderous demon gods of the Illuminati. They are sacrificing the lives of your sons and daughters on the altar of the all-seeing eye.